0: and legs inside the descent module at all times.
1: You are
2: now 600 feet below the surface of Science District Sector 5. This installation is
1: fully shielded from EMP and nuclear pulse blast.
0: Welcome to Sector 5 Master Control. And have
2: a nice day. You too, Moira. Thank you very much. Hello, Mr. Dickie Shannon. Back inside the radio again, our cozy little group, 600 feet below the surface. Makes it hard to get a tan. Great for vampires. Aha! You say the show just started and he's already talking about vampires. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no contraire. My dear friends, I'm just here to talk long enough until we get the party started. Got to start it started okay on this Saturday night. By the way, um, happy July 24th. Uh, hope you're having a nice holiday for yourself. And thank you, Ms. Pink. Party time Saturday night on Sector 5 Radio, where everything that lurks in the shadows is revealed the supernatural, the paranormal, alien activity, sci fi fantasy movies, books, videos, tech gears, science news, and other assorted wacky stuff. And of course, the Sector 5 Radio team is on board. Ghost Girl Michelle. Who? No, that wasn't really <laughs> That was just me making a noise. Spacey Day of Captain Proton. Huh? Yell, Captain, you're in the room. I can't. My mic is dead. Uh, you can yell. I uh, can yell. Thank you. Captain Proton and the Intrepid John, the comic book guy will be in later on tonight, who always has lots more than comics to talk about later in the geek hour. Hey, hey, hey. Speaking of getting your best geek on. Yours truly, Mr. Dickie Shannon, is both astounded and stupefied to find that a real author, artiste. An all-around cool, mad scientist-type guy is our guest tonight. He's totally responsible for the Hugo Award-nominated sci-fi comic strip, Schlock Mercenary. Running since 2000, he hosts the Writing Excuses podcast team. His work is featured at XDM Extreme, Dungeon Mastery, from our friend Tracy Hickman, last week's guest. You guys will remember on this very same program. So, without further ado, and no one likes a lot of ado, do you? Let loose the Mastodons! Release the Kraken! Throw open the curtain and unveil our VIP guest tonight, Howard Taylor. Hi, Howard! Yay!
3: Dickie, it's nice to be here. Thanks, guys. (laughs) Appreciate the uh, warm welcome. 600 feet down, that elevator goes. Fast. Like I didn't notice it. It was you pretty know, cool, huh? I, I, temperature yeah. change was interesting. I what I amazes me is that my iPhone's still getting good 3G reception down here. It's a, got a,
2: we have a special translator relay that goes to the surface. What I thought? Yeah. That's yeah, pretty that's cool. <laughs> I lost my pants the other week. Um, please, <laughs> <the door>. please, <laughs> don't do, the that. do that. Explain the pressure engineering. And we had, you know, there was a couple of weeks, Howard. You have to know this about Captain Proton. There There's a couple of weeks that uh, we happened to play. Um, oh gosh, what's the name of that? The Justin Similar, like yeah. It's, uh, well, I lost
4: know. my pants, so it was and all it, okay. And it
2: was really embarrassing. Good, good thing the the uh, video actual feed the video feed was down that week. Um, well, I've got a face for radio, so I'm <laughs> yeah. happy to see the feed. Still both down. of us then, both <laughs> of us. Well, welcome to the show. We got two hours, guys. We're going to have two hours to talk to uh, Howard tonight, and we're going to do a wide range of topics. So, of course, we'll talk about you know Schlock Mercenary and all the cool stuff, but we'll also mm-hmm. talk about his visiting Comic Con, uh, his uh, you know a lot of the friends he has like. Brandon Sanderson, name some more. please, quick. Uh,
3: Brandon yeah. Sanderson, John Ringo, Dan yeah. Wells, yeah. Laurel K. Hamilton, yeah. um, Larry Correa, yeah. John Brown, yep. Dave yep.
2: Farland. We could just sit here and talk about names that he knows. but we We're really not name droppers, are we? <laughs> no, you aren't. 801-254-5855. <laughs> Keep the number handy during the show. Again, 801-254-5855. Uh, Sector 5 Saturday night and it's really a pleasure to, you know, that you guys are taking some time out to listen to us or anywhere in the world at k-talk.com anywhere around the planet thank you very much for tuning in in India Hello. Uh, so thanks a lot we appreciate you guys being here now Howard uh, let's start out uh, when you were just a little bitty baby in the cotton fields back home uh, you decided to pick up a pen and start drawing
3: I drew some <laughs> dinosaur pictures. I okay. uh, thought it would be fun to draw a little comic about dinosaurs. I think I got three panels in, got yeah. bored, didn't pick up the pencil again until I was 30. Well It
2: probably ended up on the fridge, though. It was I on mean, the fridge for yeah, a little while, yeah. Right. Okay. So you
3: didn't have to take a so lot of
2: art classes or anything like that? I <laughs> took
3: one art class in which my final project was penciling a picture of a little stuffed animal, a baby Harper seal, Oh, uh, it well—it's uh, really
2: nice. Yeah.
3: Was the blood still on the pen? Oh, no, there was no, there man. was no, there was no <laughs> blood. It was just, uh, it was Holy
2: just a very cow. simple pencil picture. You, know, you go sideways quick. <laughs> I, I <It> just, just <laughs> started, dude. <laughs> no, Alrighty, okay. You're closest to them. You can slap them. No, you have well, my permission. You can I, just reach I out and
3: whack. I Actually, have a little bit of martial arts training. I <laughs> oh, would not want to use one of these. I'm calling out Mosley right now. The, uh, I, I love it. I love
4: it, dude. I love it. That's Kung great. Kung Fu Studio. He's our. He's okay. my bodyguard and hero. Right. Okay.
2: Well, let, let's do this. Let's uh, because we have so many things we want to talk about, and I really want to. I want to gripe about our space program sometime during the next couple of hours. I, I want
3: to gripe about it
2: too. There you go. Uh, because I, when I, I got a thing about India, uh, no, I don't have a. Thing thing about India. I have a story about India. i take that back. Um, So, we'll get to that. I want to talk about what it's like to go to Comic-Con, because the rest of us are stuck here in the high desert. uh, At least here in the uh, the studio. In practice, I'm stuck here, too, this year. But, we'll see. How many times have you been?
3: Uh, Five, I think.
2: Five times, really?
3: I went in 2001, uh, and then I I went in 01, 02, 03. Uh, took a year off and then went in 05, 06, and 07. So.
2: Are you as as depressed uh, as we are about the fact that you know I mean, you just brought up 01? We were supposed to be like on a moon with moon base Alpha. Where
3: is my flying car?
2: Yeah, for quite wait, a there's hour. a flying
3: car that's commercially being now. No, 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 mm-hmm. no, no. I, exactly. my... My flying car.
2: Howard's flying car. My
3: jet pack. My rocket skis. My my hoverboard, for crying out loud. We're five years away from Back to the Future's... 2015, and I, I don't know. have a hoverboard yet.
2: I know. And you know what? Spacey Dave's taking pictures here in the studio, you guys, so you'll be able to see it. We're going to post those at Sector5.com or, or uh, the Sector5 Facebook Absolutely Smurfly.
4: By the way, Smurf is please.
2: coming out. Stop <laughs> it, please. No Smurfs <laughs> allowed.
3: It's uh, live-action
4: Smurfs. Please. So.
2: I,
5: I actually,
3: you know what? No. Uh, his name Hank Azaria <laughs> in the publicity photo yeah. of Gargamel. Yeah. Uh, I love Hank Azaria.
2: I like Hank he's, Azaria. He's awesome. Brilliant.
3: He might be yeah. able to save that movie, but Maybe. the little blue dude's hanging on to the taxi cab. Yeah. Stop doing
2: it for nah, me. I don't oh, like that. Well, yeah. Anyway. Always just, you know, it's Saturday morning. The Smurfs roost, uh, ruined Saturday morning cartoons for me forever. I'm a big Scooby-Doo fan.
3: I you like know, Scooby-Doo. Yeah. I I have not liked the. My, I've got kids, and my yeah. kids are watching Scooby-Doo on Netflix all the time now. And I realized the monsters are now real. They've broken the formula. Yes,
2: they're they're not the guy dressed and in the suit. And they're real scary. So, you know, Mr. Yeah. Mr. Hanks, the uh, the the school cafeteria worker who wanted to scare people off to get the gold underneath. And the I
3: would have gotten away with it too if it hadn't I been for know, you kids. Be, no, it's be, an
2: actual supernatural kids. thing these oh, days. Man, see that just ruined everything. Oh, Fraggy. Oh, Say now, look at his hat. What, what, what is the if you translate that in your head, what is it say it says Leonov? Yes. Yeah, it says Leonov. Uh, and I reminded I want to remind you guys. Uh you know, there was two thousand one, then there was twenty ten, the movie twenty ten. And it is twenty ten. Where's the spaceship? We're we're supposed to be uh, at Jupiter right now. Yeah. We're
3: supposed to be doing like you know what's fascinating yeah. with the uh the the science or not the science, the filmmaking behind those science fiction films. Yeah. Uh, between two thousand one and two thousand ten uh-huh. you look at the the art and the design of the computers in two thousand one. Yes. And th- everything was very, very far flung, futuristic, very imaginative. Very you look at everything they did for two thousand and ten yeah. and they were using nineteen eighties level technology in place to try and look, you know, futuristic. Kind
2: of, okay. yeah. And if you
3: if, yeah, yeah, you watch those movies back to back and it looks like in 10 years the space program leapt back 35 (laughs) years.
2: It's it's like they went from the nuclear sub back to the World War II wolf pack, you know, and, and it was like this. Yeah, it was. I think they did that for didn't they do that? For, well, everybody left. Uh, I think they did it for sort of a gritty, realistic. Yeah, they that were was going supposed for was, more
3: gritty and more realistic. Yeah. But you know what? Yeah. Uh, if we were to if we were to shoot that sort of a yeah. film now, yeah. uh, we'd go back to that original look because Dave was sitting there with the equivalent of an iPad in his hand, reading the news on a on a flat screen. You so know, science fiction envisioned that back yep. in the yep. uh, '60s and '70s.
2: Hi, Dave. We you we lose everything with that. Uh, no. I'm sorry, I can't, do, sorry, that, I can can't do that. Story. Dave. There's a funny story. We
4: actually set up a college. This guy was like on his computer and his Amiga. In. Okay. And what we did is is we had this picture of this really pretty model, right? And he hit the thing, and his computer's locked up. And and every time she'd see this naked girl spinning around, and it would say, "I'm sorry, I can't do that, Dave. I'm sorry." <laughs>
2: Now, well, so how did so, did that Captain. I don't. Show? I have
3: no idea how that how that <laughs> I really got here. Know. That's Whoa, this Captain so Proton. It, there was a dead moment. There was something called that was, was not a dead. That was not a dead I, moment.
4: Was we no would have been just
2: moment. fine. We were doing great. But there's we're there is great. this
4: thing about uh, the the Orion project and India going to space, but we can't. Well, guess. I'm going to get
2: there. We're going to get to that the space thing here because uh, I want I, I want you guys to I want you guys to hit on it. I want you to, to 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 bang away at the U.S. government. I don't care who it is. I don't care who they are. I don't. Don't care just get down on them because why do we after all those years after all that hard work after all that uh research all that engineering all those people you know literally taking chances and i mean remember back in like the apollo 13 days and stuff like that when they were flying to the moon I mean, what did they have? They had, they had a, you know, your iPhone is probably more powerful than the computer. My Adam. iPhone
3: has more computing yeah. power than the entire mission yeah. control I mean, it was for just the Apollo program. Now, I mean,
2: that's crazy. I mean, these guys were up there. They were really uh, right on the edge. They were living on the edge. They were doing it. They they knew anything bad could happen, and it didn't matter to them because they were on a voyage of discovery for the United States of America. What happened to that? Where would it
3: go? You know what I think? I, I actually think that the space program went wrong with with Kennedy sending us to the moon I think that I mean it was wonderful it was wonderful and was a cool accomplishment and all that but if we had spent that time if we'd spent the resources that we spent going to the moon building infrastructure in orbit then today we would have infrastructure, you know, real infrastructure in orbit. I'm talking manufacturing, uh, mm-hmm. translunar mm-hmm. sorts of uh, traffic, mm-hmm. and building a moon base would be what we'd be building our third instead of Wh- talking about maybe someday
2: building our first. Hey, Howard, what's the problem? We have the technology to do it. What is it? We don't have the guts to do it anymore? What's the problem? I think there are two problems. The yeah. first
3: problem is that the the general public doesn't see... Uh, doesn't see the the profit in it. Right. And the government is not a business. The the government's not in the business of making money, and so the taxpayers don't want to fund something that isn't going to pay back. I'm all for... I'm all for privatization. I'm all yeah. for uh, yeah. putting things in orbit. That, uh, well, okay, maybe I don't want British Petroleum uh, <laughs> blowing something up, you know, a Not thousand poor. miles above the Gulf of Mexico. Hey,
2: hey uh, we're BP, and we're going to drill in the asteroids. Oh boy, here comes an asteroid! Watch out, Dinosaur Land! Uh, listen, I got a heartbreak coming up.
0: <laughs>
2: Choke myself up. You um, got a heartbreak coming up? We're going to come back and talk more about India launching satellites. You're listening to Sector 5 Radio. I'm Dicky Shannon. Thanks for tuning in at ka-talk.com. Too. Play
1: Utah's best golf courses and save up to 60% off golf every time you play. That's right, save up to 60% off every time you tee it up on Utah's best golf courses. VIP Golf USA is Utah's best way to play and golf for less, even on weekends and holidays. Call VIP Golf USA at 888-784-7465. That's 888 784 7465 or look them up on the web at VIPGolfUSA.com Join VIP Golf USA and save every time you play. Commencing Operation Little Princess. Operation Little Princess? Yes, Dex. Our 16-year-old daughter is going on her first date. With that 17-year-old ruffian. (laughs) Well, so are we, Dex. We're tailing them. I see. And since we don't want them to see us, we'll need to rent a car. I know three places in your zip code, and now DexKnows.com can even search by neighborhood. And we should probably get a pair of binoculars to watch our babies every move. No problem. I know five sporting goods stores in your city, and all things sports on Jefferson is new to the neighborhood. What if we get lost? No worries. Because now I'm on your mobile phone, which means you can find local businesses, get directions, even maps wherever you are. Great, Dex, but what if, heaven forbid, they actually end up liking each other? My wedding section. It has photographers, caterers, dress stores, and anything else you'd need to plan your daughter's special day. Actually, I was thinking boarding school, a far, far away boarding school. Or you can do that. Dexknows.com. Smarter than your average search. More exact, more detailed, a lot more local. And now it's on your mobile device. Dexknows.com. These are the facts. The economy can get much worse,
2: and instead of being a benefit, our state government is part of the problem. I have real solutions. My no-cost gold investment plan has the potential to make us
1: billions of dollars. Let's decrease the size of our government and bravely face our future. I'm Richard Martin, Republican candidate for governor. Delegates, I seek your vote.
4: Paid for by the Richard Martin for governor campaign.
0: Now
2: back to Sector 5. Okay. Hi, everybody. Welcome into a uh, Saturday night in Sector 5 radio. Thanks for tuning in. 801-254-5855 if you've got an urge or an itch to call. Or, by the way, uh, you've got your tweet on, right? I do. If you you tweet
3: to Kay. Kay. at Howard Taylor T A Y L E R.
2: Okay. <laughs> at Howard Taylor T. It's A Y L E R. H
3: uh, O W A R D T A Y L E R. Go ahead and tweet at me, and uh, okay. I'll I'll respond.
2: Yeah, if you got a tweet, if you want to. yeah, you can make a comment. You can ask So how, question, how do I say that
3: Howard tweet for my tweet?
4: If oh, I want to tweet to
2: you, okay.
3: Is it
4: H W O what?
2: Okay. All righty. Listen here, India. I want to check this. This is where we left, left off, and I and I. This is kind of really torquing me. India in multiple satellite launch claim launched satellites into lunar orbit. They aim to launch another lunar probe in 2013. You know, also maybe remember the uh, Chandrayaan uh, one uh, was a mission to the moon. Uh, they dropped about a TV size probe onto the surface. They did 3,400 orbits. They met the scientific objectives. They did all this stuff. Um, and this is just one of the things they 've got uh, a new uh, um, a new launch along with the lunar probe and the lunar orbiting launch they 've got some more stuff they're sending up so here we are we're sitting on our fat collective butts over here i don 't know worrying more about i i, I guess ourselves uh, we're so you know introspective about you know how good are we doing how much how much work how worried we are about the economy you know wall street um this that or the other thing and have we lost just lost sight of of the larger gold larger vision the you know the, the get off the rock move yeah, i out think there?
3: i think we have lost yeah. lost sight of a lot of that now understand when i look yeah. at when i look at india putting these things in orbit um i love it because i think that competition is awesome uh bit of yeah. metaphor As an iPhone user, I love seeing good news about the droid phones because I know that that's going to keep Steve Jobs on his toes, and as the consumer, I'll win. As an American who wishes his space program was still a space program, uh, I look at what India's doing, and I say, you know what? Fantastic. Mm -hmm. Uh, Let's see them exploit some stuff up in orbit. Let's have American businesses look at that and say, hey, you know what, Uh, Obama... uh, (laughs) <laughs> I'm I'm going to go spend money in India because they can put they can put my commercial stuff in orbit.
2: It feels like you know we outsource so much stuff from this country anymore. It feels like we're outsourcing our space program.
3: I'm not excited about that, yeah. but I think that the pressure that we see yeah. from successful launches in in Europe and in India uh, may get uh, may light the fire under us that we need lit in order to get our own act together.
2: Uh, okay. Well,
4: but they're you know all what? like non-man things, and that's one of the things that. We're supposed to have oh
2: non manned okay,
4: in other okay. words, if you yeah. want to put
3: for for us to get invaded, we have to show them star wars uh, you know what i actually I'm, I'm I'm really keen on the unmanned stuff because I think that what we should be doing right now, and I mentioned this in the prior segment, mm-hmm. we should be building infrastructure, and few things are as good at building infrastructure as robots you know you put that kind of thing you That's true. put automated okay. stuff in All space right. yeah. And and pave the way for for human occupation, right?
2: And there's another. I know, I know there. You know there, there's another NASA. You know robot mm-hmm. rover, another Mars rover coming soon. And there's a story. I think uh, Spacey Dave's going to do that later on in the Geek Hour. So I mean, we're still at it. We're still doing stuff, but it it just doesn't seem like the old days. And I wonder. You know what? I used to wonder about. Uh, you know, do you think Star Trek and Star Wars and stuff like that has an effect on us? Does it make us? I mean, I love the movies. I have a great time. I'm all for sci-fi and all that kind of stuff, and the TV series, too, what, what, no matter what you like or don't like, Battlestar, whatever. Does it maybe, maybe is, is that give us an illusion, the video games, too, the illusion that we're already kind of there? We already kind of did that. You know, is that weird, a weird regard, illusion?
3: In some regard, I think it does. Yeah. The communicators in Star Trek... Uh, I'm carrying around an iPhone. I've already mentioned it once. Uh, mm-hmm. The iPads are almost exactly what Dave was, you know, looking at in his uh, 2001 Space Odyssey. You know, in the the film version of that. Um, and so a lot of those technological imaginations of the the sci-fi greats of the uh, the golden age. You know, the last 30, 40 years of sci-fi. Yeah. We're seeing all of that. What we're not seeing is moon colonies and uh, orbital. Orbital manufacturing and actually, we're not seeing, we're not seeing us mining.
2: move out of, off the rock. We're not seeing us actually physically get off the rock, except for the space station.
3: I think it was Heinlein yeah. who said that uh, uh, Earth is too fragile a basket to keep all of humanity's eggs in, I believe and I that. feel yeah. pretty strongly about that. I
2: you believe that. Said that. Starship Troopers. Here comes the bugs. I'm going to go come and get us. Anyways, an- another one. Uh, you know, that was not a great movie, but it was a fun movie. Uh, <laughs> I just and we're going. to, By the way. Howard is a movie fan like I am, and we're both like movie crazy people, so we're going to talk about that. Let's move on to Comic-Con, because it's going on right now, and I've got some stuff I'm going to talk about uh, in Comic-Con uh, later on. Are you... Um, I know I know, Captain Proton asked you a, a basically a similar question, but um, it, it, I don't want you to r- reiterate that. But when it comes to the subject of fanboys, and uh, you probably have people who are fanboys of your stuff, Schlock Mercenary or whatever, right? I, I do. Yeah.
3: Um short version yeah i'm a fanboy i love i love the the things that are going on at comic con right. pretty much everything that's happening there is stuff that i love to be a part of right uh when i go to comic con though i go as an exhibitor and i'm stuck behind my table uh, committing commerce hand sure. over fist it's sure. hard work i don't get yeah. to go to the panels i don't get to see joss whedon and nathan fillion arguing with each other uh about whatever how great um <laughs> it, it would be it would be fun to be able to do that but i just don't yeah. get to
2: yeah Okay. So you're really there as as a, as a merchandiser, a vendor with yeah. your material. And
3: I'm not there this year yeah. because I found that uh, my audience mm-hmm. is more made of science fiction buffs than it is uh, comic book buffs. Hmm. That and makes sense. So you know, when I'm at Comic-Con, hmm. I'm just another comic book guy. When I'm at, say, the World Science Fiction Convention, I'm a guy who's got science fiction that's illustrated. And yes. uh, it's... It's, it's different, it's, yes. it's new, it's different, and I actually make a lot more money merchandising at science fiction shows than I do at comic book shows.
4: Well, there's a, an incredible great example of this. I and mean, it's comic book, and it might seem long, but if you're a geek, you'll like this. Anyway, the T- he starts describing something, and it's called the TC and TC Warhead. does not stand for totally cool. It stands for total conversion, which refers to the process by which ordinary matter is completely converted into extraordinary amounts of, of energy. And, the, and he talks about this, and he puts it in a very fun way how antimatter or any he, any he talks about how people would talk about it if they had these things yeah,
3: and what what captain proton is uh, alluding to here is the footnotes <laughs> that i will throw under the comic from time to time right okay uh, one of the one of the hallmarks of good science fiction is that we introduce you know high concept sorts of technologies one of the hallmarks of a comic strip is i don't have a lot of words to play with i don't have time That's right. to i, I don't That's I, right. I don't have the space to throw all that down. Mm-hmm. And so from time to time, I will take some of that high-concept stuff and throw it into the footnotes so that you watch the characters interacting with this technology, and it's very second nature to them. And then you read about the technology and think, oh, wow, that's neat.
2: Yeah, yeah. it's all it's all linked up. Did you hear there is a, uh, maybe you've read about this, because it sounds like you kind of like to read about stuff, keep up with science news, et cetera, I'm assuming, right? Um, and I don't know what they call it. But it's like a mini-reactor thing. It can power like a small city, but it's just like little tiny, itsy-bitsy, I mean, relatively speaking, I'm sure it's large. It's probably bigger than a bread box. But, uh, I mean, it's just a small reactor that supposedly, and I don't know how it works. I have no idea if it's some kind of little mini-fusion thing or a fuel cell type thing. Or I don't know, hydrogen but it's supposed to be able to power, you know, like a small city all by itself, just a little tiny thing.
3: I hadn't hadn't heard of that. Yeah. The, the last nuclear stuff that I uh, uh, was paying attention to was the pebble bed reactors, you know, cheap but very safe reactors yes. that South Africa was building. Are you, I'm are you, very pro
2: nuke. Uh, yeah, and that's that was my next question. What, how do you feel about that? I mean, so you're pro nuke. Um, I am uh, a PIMBY. It. What's that? Put it in my backyard. Okay, build a reactor. In howard 's backyard, please go and do that right now. The thing about the you saying that, that, that that's that 's really cool and really interesting is that you 've obviously studied this thing. This is a subject mm-hmm. that some of the guys during the week because we talk a lot of political talk et cetera yeah. during the week Monday through Friday um, on k talk they touch occasionally upon upon you know nuclear uh, reactors, nuclear waste etc and, and so I find it interesting that a lot of people don't realize, and maybe you could explain it, but stay, let's take a minute to do that. Happy uh, to. Explain nuclear power reactors are vastly different than the days of you know, oh, absolutely. China syndrome. And, and absolutely. Tr- Chernobyl was a mess to two begin examples, with. Yeah. Two
3: examples yeah. uh, Three Mile Island, yeah. in order for Three Mile Island to release the amount of radiation that it did. Uh, the engineers had to do everything exactly wrong for a full day. In order for Chernobyl, which was a much worse disaster, and I'm not Mm. denying that Chernobyl was was bad, but in order for that to happen, Uh uh, the crews there had to do everything exactly wrong for 25 years. Uh, the, the, from the design of the plant, you know, maintenance, everything. Uh, so we've had we've had two, you know, big newsworthy accidents. If you look at Three Mile Island, the amount of radiation that was being released at Three Mile Island, mm-hmm. you can get that dose flying intercontinental, uh, you know, just just flying across the Atlantic. And the
2: jet airplane. Howard, hold on, Howard Taylor, everybody on Sector Five Radio tonight. Stay put, don't go away. AM six thirty K Talk, K Talk dot com. This is Dickie Shannon, station manager of AM 630 K Talk Radio. It has come to my attention that Congressman Jim Matheson and his entourage have declined multiple offers to appear on K Talk with a host of his choice. We regret that one of our outspoken public servants feels the voting listeners of our station are not worthy of his valuable time. The offer to visit our listeners on K Talk AM 630 is still open. The egg is in your basket, Jim. Buck, <makes> buck, <noise> I need to drop off the dry cleaning, then probably make a bathroom stop at the gas station, then pick up a present at the hobby shop. Oh, good. There's a clean restroom near there. Then to the grocery store. Then I think, oh, that's it, unless Karen wants to meet up. And in that case, I can stop at the
1: restroom at the Mini Mart of State Street.
2: Do you find yourself toilet mapping? Lifetree is enrolling in a research study for people ages 60 and over who have an overactive bladder. Call Lifetree at 269-8200, 801-269-8200, or visit LifeTree free-research.com. on and Associates is the law firm
1: for all your business and contractual needs. Whether it be securities fraud, real estate problems, a breach of contract, or just a bad handshake deal, our goal is to provide you with the peace of mind and confidence you deserve. Don't compromise your legal rights or financial future. Get the facts. Call AC on and Associates for a free consultation. 801-854-1200. 801-854-1200. That's 801 854
0: 1200. And now we return
5: to sector 5, to sector 5. Give me a ticket for an airplane. Aerob- got time to take
0: a fast train. the days are gone. I'm going home.
5: Oh, my baby used to wrote me a letter.
2: Come on, guys, update that. That's an email I or a tweet.
5: Good. Got to get back There's to no mail
2: baby. on Saturday. Well, Lonely I don't think there's going to be any more mail on Saturday. At least that's going to go away pretty soon. Uh, The stamps are going up again. Hey, hello. More expensive to do whatever you need to do. We left off with Howard Taylor, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, We were talking about nukes and stuff. And, of course, Howard is like, you know, I don't know. Would you call yourself a geeky guy?
3: I'm pretty geeky. Yeah,
2: he's pretty geeky. All right. But anyways, if you've been to... Hello, bless you. <laughs> <Just, laughs> ready sci-fi comic strip Schlock Mercenary since 2000. He's also uh, XTM Extreme Dungeon Master uh, with our Tracy uh, friend Tracy Hickman. So we left off uh, um, talking about um, you know nuclear reactors, and we we're talking about you know you, you were pointing out about three mile island and Chernobyl. Uh, both of which were very, very odd circumstances. But the whole point is, and we're not here. We're not here, you know, pummeling people who don't agree with nuke plow- power. That's not what it's about. We just want to kind of chat about different subjects tonight in Sector Five. Um, everything is is different now. I mean, they work differently. All, the waste is different. It's all managed totally different than the old days.
3: And well, there's, we talk about the waste here in Utah. It's a it's a big deal. Um, It's political hot button. No, don't ship your nuclear waste to Utah. I would actually love to have them shipping their nuclear waste to Utah because, A, the vast majority of it is things like uh, clothing. Medical stuff. Yeah, medical stuff that's lightly contaminated. And if the stuff is really Mm -hmm. contaminated, Mm -hmm. then, I mean, if it's radioactive enough to be dangerous, then it qualifies as fuel. Please, bury nuclear fuel in our desert so that 50 years from now, when we pull our collective heads out and realize, you know what, we really should be building more of these plants, we can go digging in the desert and pull up some of this stuff that we currently call waste and so turn it, it back into fuel. Well, we
2: could reprocess it back into in fuel again.
3: Absolutely. Jimmy Carter really? uh, was the one who signed into uh-huh. law this whole, you know, don't, uh, don't reprocess the fuel. And the reason why is right. that... As you do that reprocessing, it becomes more and more intensely radioactive, more and more toxic, and it becomes very, very difficult to handle. It becomes so difficult to handle that it is impossible to steal. With the right robotics systems, uh, running a nuclear okay. power plant like okay. that, okay. Uh, the safest place to put nuclear waste is back into the oven to make more electricity.
2: Well, this whole thing about... Uh, about um enriching the uh... the pellets and all this other stuff it, that's that's basically what the uh, what we're, what the iran thing is all about right mm-hmm. i mean it's it's about they they okay it's peaceful power that's what we're building but then you keep re-enriching it re-enriching it, and you end up with
3: you can't you can build right a good peaceful nuclear power system without having the ability to quickly repurpose that as a weapon that's just a fact of life right whether iran is doing this for weaponizing or not is not relevant to the science. The science, the, the science is: yeah. you want to build a good nuclear reactor, you're also right. going to be able to build good nuclear weapons. What
2: about? Let's take another step towards something else that that, that that's gotten a lot of uh, getting a lot of push here lately, and uh, that is, of course, the uh, automotive field. And we you know we talk about. Uh, we talked about computers. We were we were kidding about your iPhone and the Apollo project and people flying to the moon. Mentioned with,
3: my flying car you know, that uh, I don't get. Your flying car have.
2: that you don't get. And yeah, there are cars that fly out there, but they're not like the cool flying cars. I mean, you know, they go.
3: It's not Mister Fusion in yeah, the back of my yeah. DeLorean. No,
2: it's not. It's not like that. It's not even the Jetsons or anything. Uh, but yeah, exactly. That was a perfect sound effect. Did we get that on? Do we get that on our, our archive recording? That was beautiful. Thank you, Howard. <laughs> There's a second one. That Sorry was excellent. About that. But uh, I mean, what do you think about, about all the hybridization? And uh, what do you think about do you think about clean? Do you think clean diesel is a, is a good answer? Hydrogen fuel cells, whatever. What do you think? I like alternative fuels a lot. Yeah, yeah. I
3: think that one of the problems we have with automobiles right now yeah. is that we need as much uh, density of energy in the car as possible in order for them to do what they need to do and right now burning the burning the oil burning the gasoline and turning it into kinetic energy directly Mm -hmm. seems to be the the densest way to do it if you do it with electricity then somebody's got to be generating the electricity someplace else and the the trade-off there is and it's not a bad trade-off the trade-off there is we're gonna put a bunch of pollution in one place, you know, Delta, Utah, we've got a big coal-fired plant there that yep. makes electricity for Los Angeles. Um, we'll put all the pollution in one place, um, and then the cars themselves that are zipping zipping around where people are eating and breathing and whatever else are clean. Um, and so that, that's not a bad step. But what I would prefer to see is us building, uh, yeah, building fuel cell technology that's that's much cleaner and that is. Uh, that has that has that the oomph that we need yeah. without needing to build an oil-fired plant or a coal-fired plant off in the West Desert again.
2: Yeah, is that you know and you know things like I mean let's face let's be honest we were talking about how you know we're not even close in two thousand and one or the movie twenty ten we don't have spaceships and moon bases anything like that I mean even you know hydrogen powered real true hydrogen powered cars are. Years and years, or I mean, in any mass amount. I mean, you could always have a test fleet out there running around, but yeah. in, in, in vast amounts to make a difference, they're years and years and years away. I
3: think our best, our, our best hope for, uh, for automobile fuel uh. um, is the, it used to be called thermal depolymerization. Uh, it's essentially making petroleum products out of uh, bio-waste, uh, mm-hmm. And the reason mm-hmm. it would work so well yeah. is that it's something that would plug into our existing infrastructure. You don't need to set up, you know, electrical outlets, you know, electrical generators across the interstate everywhere. Makes sense. Um, so it, it, it would plug in well. But ultimately, I think the solution to the problem is going to be something that none of us saw coming. Um, if have you read Freakonomics?
2: Uh, n- you know, I have not read Freakonomics. I've read like excerpts from Freakonomics. Okay, yeah,
3: the Freakonomics and Super Freakonomics both hugely fun books. Mm-hmm. And in the second book, one of the things they bring up is that New York at the turn of the century had an enormous pollution problem. All major metro- metropolises. That's did. true. It was caused by horses. And none of them foresaw that automobiles were going to come along very quickly and solve that problem. No more dead horses, no more horse poop in the roads, mm-hmm. uh, no more people getting killed by runaway horses. Now they were getting killed by runaway cars and a <laughs> hundred years later crazy taxes. A yeah, hundred years later we have automotive pollution causing a problem. That's right. And what the Free Economics guys said, I, I think they called the chapter the fix is in and the fix is cheap, is that uh, we don't usually see these things coming. When they come, they overturn everything, solve most of these problems, and bring problems of their own that we'll eventually have to solve. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know what it looks like, but I think that the automobile is a big enough problem that within 50 years we'll see a solution that that it turns it all on its head.
2: I remember somebody asking, my, my mom passed away, oh, you know, probably about, I think she was about, about five years ago, she was 85. And so she grew up as a child in the early 1900s, and she got to see a lot of things obviously change in this century um, of the 1900s. And um, somebody asked her. I remember we were, you know, just kind of hanging out in the patio or something, and somebody said to her, you know, um, her name was uh, Thelma. she said, Thelma, "What's the, you know, the most important invention you think that ever happened, you know, since you were a little girl?" And without hesitation, she said, "The automobile." Without hesitation, the automobile. She said, "It changed everything about our it really lives." It did. Everything changed. It really did. Well, now, now we're moving away from density see there
4: we have this density thing where we were building up into the cities, and now we 're going to be moving away from density because we have internet we don 't really need to commute in a lot of our jobs. One of the scary things about going not to True. Us, not going to space and things like that mm-hmm. is that we 've just outsourced our infrastructure, outsourced our jobs a lot of the a lot of my friends who are scientists can 't make a living right now, but if we would just in, keep those guys in place in NASA and just really build up the largest super collider in the world, we'd have welfare for scientists all over the country. A lot of that's, guys are that's, gratu- that's
3: what we need a welfare program for a scientists.
4: Welfare yeah. scientists. We, we just call it something <laughs> super big. Collider. We call it like a defense program, but we do peaceful things with it. It'll make everybody happy. They can say that we're building weapons, and at the same time we could be building a huge f- high-energy fusion reactor. Sure we
2: can. I, I think that, you know what, if we had a super collider right here, one of the things we'd do would be send you out with a microphone, Put you right in there to see what the human body looks like after a near-light-speed collision. But well, we can't get it's you in that. the
3: tube. Have you heard the interviews <laughs> with the guys? The uh, DOD was testing a uh, a microwave, no, a non-lethal microwave uh, battlefield weapon. Oh, no, no, that no. It heats up the upper thousandth of an inch of your skin uh, enough to make the nerves think you're on fire.
2: Um, Oh, oh, wow.
3: And, yeah, and they they pointed this thing at, you know, police officers, uh, trained military people to say, all right, how how long can you stand in front of this? Uh, And the response is, um, you can't. As soon as they turn this thing on, you scream and you jump out of the way. So, like on fire. And I'm not going to suggest that I'd like to see Captain Proton wow. screaming like he's on
4: fire. And well, I don't know. Away, it might be fun. What, what I... are you
2: guys thinking there? Yeah. Okay. But see, there's the
3: that.
4: other thing where where we mm. need to get that, that <laughs> stuff out to the whale war guys, you know, because they're out there. <laughs> I think we should arm the whales. I think that would be... Arm
2: the whales.
3: Well, I... No, okay. I'm not sure that I'm comfortable with the animals shooting you know, back just yet.
4: But, uh, one one whale
3: just tipped
4: uh, over yeah. an entire boat the other day. Yeah, it was
2: great. Okay, great coming up. Howard Taylor's here tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, sir, the schlock mercenary himself and uh, host and uh, star of many other things. And we're going to get back. We'll get off the uh, cars and uh, boats and trains and planes and whales and nuclear reactors here and get back to some fun geek stuff. Uh, we're going comic side and we'll uh, delve deep in the mind of the artiste. Coming up in just a second on Sector 5 Radio with Dickie Shannon. Thanks for tuning in tonight. 943 Hello, here.
5: this is Dan the Laptop Man from PC Laptops. Once a year, we scour every corner of our distribution warehouse and stores. Countless sleepless nights digging and prodding with no rock left unturned in our entire empire. What does that mean to you? It's our back-to-school, ultra-deluxe, warp-turbo mega-sale with up to 75% off the original prices on the best desktop and laptop computers on the planet. Demos, scratch-and-dents, blow models, funny-colored discontinued computers, and more for up to 75% off the original prices. Have I lost my mind? No, Master. I have not, because it's our once-a-year, back-to-school, ultra-deluxe, warp-turbo mega-sale with up to 75% off the original prices on the best desktop and laptop computers on the planet. Okay, to make it extra fluffy, we're doing zero down zero interest for a year on any new computer. OAC. Interest is accrued during promotional period and minimum payment required. Call us at one eight seven seven five nine six 596 save or check us out at PCLaptops.com. PC Laptops, hurry, you must make haste.
2: Hey, it's the Wasatch Shadows Super Sale. Everything is on sale from 10 to 50% off. That's right, I said everything. All trees, shrubs, and evergreens are on sale right now, starting at 20% off, with many varieties as much as 50% off. But that's not all. Every ground cover, every juniper, every vine are also on sale. Take time to smell the roses. They are big and full of blooms. And you guessed it, they are on sale. If you're doing a little cleanup and pruning, Now is the time to save on the right tool for the right job, because all the garden tools and garden apparel at Waset Shadows are on sale right now. And this is the really big news. You know all those never-on-sale items like decorative bark, topsoil, and neutral mulch. They're on sale now at Wasat Shadows. This is a sale you don't want to miss. If you need it, you want it, or you've been thinking about it, now is the time to act because it's on sale now at Wasat Shadows Nursery in Sandy, off I-15, just west of Rio Tinto Stadium.
0: It's time now to return to Sector 5 with Chief Security Officer Dickie Shannon.
2: here for you and viva la vida 946 on a hot summer night and i tell you why we've just been blessed here i think with a great uh, july 24th weekend i hope you're having a nice one and a safe one i think a lot of my neighborhood fireworks are going to start going off in the cul-de-sac here in about uh i guess probably now uh right about now i want to get back to uh our, our special guest our vip tonight uh howard taylor uh, in, in in schlock mercenary of course is a legendary sci-fi comic strip that he has been doing i think you're a pioneer myself but um well thank you maybe yeah you're welcome but i think that's true you've done something really neat really different and and just delightful to read too but when you were younger i want to see if these match up with mine so you know i'm going well if howard and i both like the same comic books we're probably pretty cool Anyway, so tell me the comics you read. What were they? What were your favorites? I mean, name a few.
3: Okay, the most influential comics for me. Yeah. um, When I was a kid, I loved. Wait for it, Garfield. (coughs) I'm sorry, but I know, but I did, but I did. It made me laugh, and I (laughs) and then I kind of grew out of it, as I think most people who are. All older right. than seven do <laughs> um, and I, I shouldn't say that because a good friend of mine uh, you know works for PAWS and uh, and does great work for them uh, but uh, i I moved up to Bloom County and the far side and oh. Calvin and Hobbes Calvin. Okay. those were hugely influential for me and I, I back in the days of the newspaper yep. Um, yep. I read those in the newspaper and loved them you uh, know I,
2: I, wait, let me, let me I, i'm not I don't I'm trying to interrupt but you brought it up there. I want to mention you guys listening who are maybe let's see under the age of uh, what thirty, maybe twenty five. Under the age of twenty five, people used to actually buy the morning paper because they had to read the comic strips. Yep, it was Sunday.
3: I bought the morning paper. I I took the newspaper uh, in my twenties because I wanted the comics. And I wanted the crossword puzzle. <laughs> and I wanted those things because I remember my dad yeah. wanting those things. And I thought yeah. that was part of being a grown up. I have since actually sure. grown up and discovered that I can do that without the crossword puzzle. <laughs> but
2: <laughs> I, I can, you know, I used to, the only crossword pl- puzzle I really, really thought was cool was the TV guide crossword puzzle. Because mm. I was a TV guide nut. I was a TV kid. I was crazy about television. I was crazy about, I mean, back in the day, all those. Black and white televisions. No color. I actually oh remember gosh. that. Uh I mean I don't uh, uh, shh. Twilight Zone. I mean starting uh. to name of Twilight Zone. What a what a great series. Yeah. What a great anthology. Outer Limits. Uh, I mean, sure, yeah, all the typical stuff everybody watched, whether it was um you know, whether it was Andy Griffith or 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 the Flintstones or you know, any of that that cool fun stuff back in the day. Um, but I was just a nut about those, and I learned, I thought I learned a lot. People used to, people now talk about television, watching television, in a negative manner for the most part, right? Always oh, spend too much time in front of the, you know, boob tube and watching or spend, wasting our time in front of, and you know what? It, to a degree, I, I I do agree with that because of, a lot of it because of the stupid stuff that's out there. I mean, it was just, it's just like, they're filling up, you know, 150 channels with dumb well, so, the judge shows and stuff yeah, like I that. Yeah, all okay. that stuff. It's all what it is. What it is is diversionary pap. But, but back in the day, again, it wasn't that every show was great. It wasn't that every show was brilliant. But the ones that were brilliant were really, really good. I mean, I think they were really great back, you know, 30, 40 years ago. They were great.
3: When I look at television now, I'm reminded of the pilot episode of some series that I can't even remember the name of where some girl from the Midwest is going to school in some big city, Mm -hmm. and she's very worried that nobody's going to get along with her. And her brother says, oh, don't worry, y'all have been raised by the same TV. And and I listened to that, and I thought, that's... (laughs) That's neat and and a little sad. We have this cultural connection in in our entertainment programs. And what's happened over the last ten or fifteen years Mm -hmm. is that the variety of things that are available to us has just exploded. And so we hain't all been raised by the same TV. Some of us been raised by HBO, and some of us been raised by Fox, and some of us been raised by whatever. I mean, there's just a wide variety of exactly available.
2: Exactly, You're, you're absolutely right. And you know, there was a collective. Uh, at least, if we if we were to refer to television as part of pop culture, which it basically is, uh, there was a collective pop culture consciousness that took place because of the massive domination of those old three networks where they used to get, each one would, you know, one would get a 35 share, 35% of the audience, another one would get 25%, another one would get 20%, so literally 70% of the audience right. was dominated by three sources, and, and yet, no, it's it was back before Bill O'Reilly was spinning things. Uh, <laughs> so it wasn't about the, anybody trying to take over the networks. It wasn't conspiracy stuff like that. I mean, we're, we're talking about primetime entertainment here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and all those shows, whether it was, you know, Bewitched or Get Smart or, you know, or the Wild Wild West or Hawaii Five-O. I mean, any of those shows. They were, they, th- those were.
3: I loved Wild Wild West.
2: Wild Wild West it was a great show. And what was
3: neat about Wild Wild West? I'm yeah. sorry, I'm, I'm derailing good. us a that's little so, bit. Wild Wild West was one of the earliest. Uh, sort of steampunk visions where we take the 1860s yeah. Yeah. and then we take some of that Victorian era technology yeah. because uh, I can't remember the name of the, the mad scientist but he's building these incredible sorts of 20th, 20th century uh,
2: contraptions Loveless uh, Loveless. Loveless. Was was Loveless the name of the scientist? Yeah, Yeah, he was the. But James West's partner was Artemis Gordon.
3: Oh, Artemis Gordon. That's what I'm thinking of.
2: Artemis Gordon. Um,
3: Yeah, yeah, but it had that. It had that steampunk feel long before we had even invented the word steampunk. Um, Yeah, and I think that's why when they did the Wild Wild West movie, they ratcheted that aspect all the way up because now we knew that there was this. That's true. There was this Victorian Uchronia.
2: Out That's there. true, and uh, it, 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 basically, it basically it basically it sci fied up, you yep. know the 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 traditional you know uh, horse opera, uh, yes. and, and added a sci fi spin to it. A lot of people didn't like that. A lot of people really were ticked off about that. But I think it was more of a uh, I think more people were mad because of, of it, because it wasn't. Close enough to the original.
3: Yeah, I was just a little frustrated you know, uh, that it was kind of a dumb movie. Yeah,
2: it, it, it kind of dumbed down everybody. Yeah. Yeah. So, but those were the kind of shows that everybody, we talked about that collective consciousness because I come from the same era musically. When you go back in those, those days before AM and FM became two like separate sources, back when everybody was listening to AM radio back in the 60s or the 50s even, when I was just a small little boy, little tiny child. Um, uh, there was a if you listened to you know quote top forty radio and you were listening to whatever whatever whether we it was all
3: Elvis, listened to the same yeah, thing
2: exactly Elvis or the Beatles or you know whoever later on the Carpenters whatever as as time went on uh, everybody heard the same music at basically well, I the think same Dr.
3: time. Dr. Demento lamented this, yeah. this. this would have been ten years ago. He he complained that uh, there are so many shows. Radio programs, yeah. uh, or not radio programs, radio stations that will focus on one subgenre of music yep. to the point that you listen to that yep. and you are not exposing yourself to ninety nine percent of
2: what's being produced. That's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I-, I like to go. You know what I? I like to get, jump on on the iTunes site. I love just iTunes. so I can. You know they have that thing like the, the like the most downloaded singles or whatever, mm-hmm. and there's like a hundred of them or whatever, and I like to go just look. And you know, just click on them and listen for the thirty seconds or whatever they give you, so I can see what's what's going on because I don't lot of hear people,
3: them. A lot of people are lamenting this world that we, we live in now, where there are no more uh, no more. Uh, I want to say cultural linchpins where there's one thing that everybody's seen and everybody's going to see. But what I love is the democratization of content. Mm -hmm. New media has has said that, well, things like Schlock Mercenary actually have a home because people can find it and can love it and can love it enough to actually support it. Now, Schlock Mercenary is my day job, which Mm. I I continually find amazing. And I don't have the number (laughs) of readers or the number of viewers that, say, Gilligan's Island had back (laughs) in the 60s, but... But I'm getting by, and that's what's so wonderful about the world today. And that iTunes sidebar you're talking about—that's that's the exact same thing. Yep. If it's good content, somebody's going to like it. Somebody's going to say something about it, and it's going to it's going to show up.
2: And it's fun for me too, having grown up with, um, you know, with Top Forty radio, having you know become a disc jockey back in the late '60s. Uh, it's fun for me because I get to. Uh, uh, I get to go, and I can see what uh, what are people doing right now, because I came from my time with Top 40 came from the time of the single, when the singles rule before the 70s became the album decade yeah. in the 70s. Back in the 60s, it was hits. Mm-hmm. So it was whatever the current Top 40 hits were, and that's kind of like what iTunes does with all these single downloads. Okay, I give you a space, and you don't jump in. All right. Oh, that's all right. All righty, it's, uh, the moment has passed. There you go. Okay. Well, there there is one that. No, moment no, no, that no. hasn't passed, oh. which we talked oh, about the sector
4: Five website no, or the no. I podcast. Yeah.
2: yeah, that's nice. Richard is on the line here. I want to get Richard on here oh, tonight uh, because we got a caller. Hi, Richard. How you doing? I'm doing fine. What did you want? You wanted to ask uh, or talk, uh, say something about the nuclear thing? Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, I know, you know we were talking about the various nuclear reactors. Um, just the one um, I'm familiar with, I know that you've got the water-cooled ones that use the rarer form of uranium, Um, U-235. I I was studying engineering before I switched over to geology up at the University of Utah in the early 1980s. We had a field trip up to Arco, Idaho, Mm -hmm. there with the nuclear uh, research facility. Cool. Um, They showed us a reactor that had happily been producing power since the 1980s in the earlier form called the Breeder yes. Reactor that used the more common form of uranium, U-238, and they said that they've already mined enough U-238 to supply all the world's power needs for the next thousand years Wow! without turning a shovel full of dirt. So um, then in the infinite wisdom of bill clinton he kind of closed down the program and destroyed nine tons of plutonium um i wow. wonder if you knew anything about that but see, know. That the fear was that this when it, you burn it it produces plutonium mm-hmm. and their knee-jerk reaction to um you know weapons grade plutonium they're afraid of that but what you're supposed to do is then like you were mentioning you're if it's hot enough to be a danger it's hot enough to reuse Absolutely. There you go. What's your take on it? What's your take on that, Howard? What what do you know of this? You know
3: what? It's. uh, I I think I may have already already stated my case there. If it's hot enough to be a danger, then it's hot enough to use. And if you breed fuel, that becomes you know increasingly more dangerous. It also becomes increasingly harder to steal. Mm -hmm. To the point that the only sort of reactor that can use these fuels is one with you know, robotic arms moving the materials around. Nobody's gonna steal it for terrorism and if you're going to weaponize it, uh you're you're gonna have to uh you're gonna have to build an entire program to go in there and get the stuff and you're not gonna put something that radioactive in a a warhead.
2: Right. All right. So in other words it's really difficult to ha handle material once you get to a certain point. Right. Yeah. Not impossible but really, really difficult. Yeah. So I anyway. think in
0: those days they're more worried about official governments with nuclear
2: weapons yeah no yeah i and i agree with you richard on, on that we're going to go to the top of the hour richard thanks for tuning in tonight i appreciate the call oh yeah
0: and i appreciate somebody talking about getting us back on the moon i well, enjoyed your conduit well,
2: too. well we all agree yeah thank you very much uh, conduit was great uh thank you have a great weekend richard and uh yeah getting us back on the moon okay well if i could do it by myself i would i I'd, I'd trade in the dodge and you know, go into space. I and mean, what can I say? Howard Taylor is our special VIP guest tonight on Sector 5 Radio. You're here with Dickie Shannon and the Sector 5 team at k-talk.com. Anywhere in the world at AM 630, K-Talk. We'll be back after the news break here in just a second, everybody. CNN Radio, I'm Paul Chambers. With
1: the threat of tropical weather now gone, vessels working on BP's